Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with high-resolution digital animation of a hand-painted, natural-dyed, blanket-stitched Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm the rootinous, tootinous cowboy in the Old West. I'm Luke Patrick. I am the other idiot. And the, uh, this week, we watched 1998's Toy Story 2. Hey, hey Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we did watch a children's movie as two grown-ass adults for a project where we talk about a man's penis. Uh, yeah, ye fucking ha. <laughs> yippee kayak, a motherfucker. Um, Wrong movie, but I'll accept it regardless. Yeah, getting into the holiday spirit on this one. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Luke, how how is your watch? Man, I you know what the watch was fine. It was it was fine. It's a good movie. It was easy enough. It's a breezy ninety minutes, so I had no problems getting oh, through that runtime. So time. nice. Oh, so good. Um, just you know, I'm really sort of starting to be pretty jelly of you, Sam, and I'll I'll tell you why. <laughs> uh huh. And that's because you have someone to watch these movies with. <laughs> and now, yeah, go ahead. I, so. So I don't want to give the wrong impression here because um, while on some of these watches, yes, Kenna is watching with me. Other times she's in the room, but to say she's watching is being generous. Mm, I got you. She's uh, doing a little bit of Sims on the side or something, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Tonight was one of those nights. Mm. That's fair, man. I mean, it only really hits me on these ones where it's like, it's a movie I've seen a bazillion times, and it's intended for children, so it's a bit of a slog, and I could not get either of my housemates, my neither my wife nor our roommate, to uh, do this one with me. So I'm just a grown-ass man sitting on my couch on a Friday night watching Toy Story 2 <laughs> and taking vigorous notes like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a man watching some toys, mm -hmm. hoping to fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> basically um so you know no fireworks nothing special this time it was just a solid ass by the books watch how about you my friend yeah uh nothing nothing crazy going on here did did switch up the meal from from our typical nachos mm. uh to uh to some ravioli actually technically it was some four cheese and you 
Mm. But um, <laughs> uh, still, still pretty good nonetheless. Um, I will say I did wa- start this movie in a pretty bad mood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it did improve. I don't know if that's the movie or the podcast or the feverish note taking. But um, but yeah, some somehow this did did pull me out of a a pretty piss poor mood. Mm, I got gotcha. you. Well, really quick. While I've got you, Sam, I am doing the math really quick on uh, mm-hmm. exactly how many hours of Tom Hanks films we've watched so far, if you want to Ooh. sort of hang Ooh. on for that. So, sir, we've yeah. watched uh, 42 hours of Tom Hanks uh, movies up to this oh, point. no, no, That is no, a full no. <laughs> one and three quarters days worth of uh, oh, nonstop God. Tom Hanks. Oh, God. Um, That's Luke. We're never getting that time back. No, sir, we are not. We have officially <laughs> wasted <laughs> whatever the number oh, was no. I just said. 42 oh, hours. No. Um, so this leads itself really nicely to my next question, Sam, which is how are you feeling about this? Because that was where I was today, was reconsidering every choice I've made. I was feeling better until you told me <laughs> that I've wasted nearly two full days of my life staring mm. into Tom's empty visage. Yeah. Uh nearly 48 hours. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, the number of places you could fly to in 48 hours is astonishing when you when you think oh, about God. it. Oh god. You can get all over the planet. Oh shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> we could have flown to Japan to sell some rare antique toys uh, in less than 48 hours. Uh, yeah, we could have. Mm-hmm. Shit. Have Luke have we made a mistake? You know, I think it's too too early to tell, weirdly <laughs> enough. I feel like we'll really know by the time we hit, like, Cloud Atlas is when that will be revealed. Oh, God. Yeah, too close to call this race is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, Luke, I think it's about that time. Let's tweet at Tom. Yeah, that sounds uh, good. Yeah, folks, this is our uh, continuing attempt to try to get Tom Hanks on this podcast. And... Uh, and folks, this week it's going to get a little desperate um, because this week we've got, hey, Tom Hanks, fix our seams, give us a fresh coat of paint, and come on down to the toy barn. Be on our podcast. Hashtag play with us, Tom. Play with us, Tom. Uh, going back to that well, you know, because we got another Toy Story movie. Feels appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's talk about this a little bit because... We, we were working on this tweet before we, we hit record mm-hmm. to, to save you all the, the pain of hearing me type and realize that uh, every tweet we've sent to Tom before this has not mentioned that <laughs> we want him on the podcast. So as far as he's aware, something called Hanksy Panksy, which apparently was a nickname he had as a child that he hated. Um, yeah. <laughs> someone named Hanksy Panksy is just sending him insane thoughts from the void. Uh, not uh, it insane thoughts but also vaguely sexual ones because mm-hmm. if you'll remember our first couple ones did include the hashtag come on tom yeah which and yeah. i can almost assure you he did not read with the right intonation because mm-hmm, even we fuck it up and also vaguely related to movies that he probably hasn't thought about since he made them in the 90s <laughs> uh it's a real it's been a real good look for us so far sir yeah, yeah. So I am glad that we are letting him know why we're tweeting at him now. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the air of desperation of 
be on our podcast. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's what marketeers call a call to action. We are we are screaming out a request. Uh, it's not so much a call to action as it is just a a desperate desperate plea. Well, let's hope he does it, cause it's sent. Sent. So you had that baby locked and loaded in the chute already, huh? Oh yeah. Nice. Luke, I I gotta save our our listeners some valuable time. Uh, unlike what you and I have done with our own lives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're all about uh, maximizing the efficiency of everyone else's time, just not ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. we, we respect our listeners more than we respect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, with that in mind, uh, do you want a really quick plot on this one, my friend? I would love it. Cool. So as per usual with the bigger movies that we assume most people have seen, uh, I'm not going to go into a full three-act structure. Basically, if you haven't seen Toy Story 2... Same crew as Toy Story 1, plus there's now a girl cowboy uh, named Jesse, and a prospector played by Kelsey Graham, who is evil, and a horse. And they all get uh, shanghaied by a dude named Al, who owns a toy barn, uh, hence our tweet, and he's going to sell them to some, some people in Japan that have a toy museum. And Woody is mm-hmm. on the fence about whether or not he's going to, you know, be a part of this or not or go back to, to andy's house after he's kidnapped from a yard sale that's the that's the premise uh spoiler alert he does not go to japan that would have been he buck wild yeah yeah uh, arguably would have made for a very good toy story 3 mm, toy story 3 japan toy story 3 tokyo nights is what you're Ooh, yeah <laughs> toy story 3 tokyo drift tokyo drift now we're talking this is a different segment entirely where we pitch the sequel <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> oh right shit um so luke what do you think of it you know man it's a good movie like if you haven't seen it and i don't know it's debatable because like again it's a movie for kids so if you're over a certain age threshold maybe consider but if you got 90 minutes to spare and you know you do in the quarantine then uh (laughs) fuck it man i don't know like if you've seen the first one and you haven't seen any of the other ones i'd say toy story 3 is probably better uh yeah i i would even say toy story uh one mm. uh, og toy story is better yeah weirdly we get more scenes i feel like in toy story one than we do in toy story two it's like there's yeah. like it could have been a play there's essentially like three different locations that we're at throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing yeah and a lot of traveling time yeah there's a lot of transit which is again mm-hmm. weird because al lives in a giant ass apartment building uh, directly across from his place of work and yet somehow we still get a lot of transit time we do so, we do yeah it is it is what it is but my dude overall it was a fine movie i'm glad to see they fixed the blinking no one uh blinks in this movie like they're on mescaline so that's good yeah they did a much better job with the people Mm-hmm. and that's that's about it as far as my overall thoughts i got nitty-gritty details but sam what do you think of toy story 2 it's it's fine mm-hmm. um i i'm i was entertained yeah i guess uh it did it did drag a little for me i'll say um and and i did find myself missing og toy story mm. just because kind of kind of like you said there there's more going on in the first one mm-hmm. it feels like yeah i mean the the plot on this one is definitely tighter in the sense that there's only so much happening but yeah there's there's a lot of in-between bits and you know part of this too is that i feel like 
we ain't kids so i wonder if some of the right. pacing is more aimed at the youngins so i don't know if you got kids out there and you want to show them a movie uh, a classic then uh you could do worse i mean it's better than citizen kane for your toddler i assume sure yeah i mean i'll, I'll be honest i've not seen citizen kane <laughs> but uh well, if you're gonna you sit- know i've I figure you don't force a kid to watch that. Yeah, if you're going to sit your kids down and either watch Goodfellas or Toy Story 2, you're going to pick Toy Story (laughs) 2 every time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So there's one thing I want to bring up Mm -hmm. real early on. Okay. First of all, uh, in general, the whole thing just looked a lot better. Like, Mm -hmm. Toy Story 1 looked great, uh, even, you know, even now. But on this one, they just kind of were showing off, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They also, I've, I found this kind of interesting because I I don't know if you picked up on this as a as a big Star Wars fan, but um, do you notice a lot of Star Wars sound effects in oh, the opener? Yes, and there's the whole thing where Zerg tells uh, Buzz Lightyear, who I was about to call Berg, when Zerg tells Berg <laughs> that <laughs> he's, uh, he's his father, and then they go through the full sequence of, no! and then afterwards he right. goes father uh pretty peak i fucking loved it my dude yeah uh so what's wild to me is that i feel like this is disney like calling a shot because they did not own star wars in 99 yeah they acquired star wars in 2012 so i feel like that was mickey mouse in 99 going i will purchase hey, star wars hey sam do you know who else they did not own at this point in time Oh shit, who? Fucking Pixar, dude. Fuck me, are you serious? I am totally serious. Did they go back in time? Did they plant like Inception style the seeds that would mean that eventually I could watch this while also being oh, on the same shit. network that has The Mandalorian, a show I would rather be watching? <laughs> oh shit. I mean, we're getting into some conspiracy shit, but yes, no, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, I'm going to look that up uh, if you have another point really quick. But I am ninety nine percent sure that Pixar was acquired in the two thousands. So, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, early on, uh, Bo Peep, uh, kisses uh Woody on the nose, and I, I just wanted to note here that it did look like she was trying to suck off his nose. <laughs> um, keep it clean, sir. Keep it. What am I saying? This is our podcast. There's no yeah. mandate to do anything of the sort. You know, actually. Now that I remember it, I was going to suggest maybe we kept this one PG mm. uh, because it is a kid's movie, but we fucked that one up. So yeah. <laughs> We fucked that pig real hard. So, hey, while we're on the subject, the prospector at one point in the show, so there's, there's the whole bit about Woody's old show, which I definitely want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a bit in the show where the prospector says that his biscuits are burning. Do you think he meant his testicles or his ass? I, okay, I wondered this myself. <laughs> And it's it's gotta be his butt cheeks, right? Because if yeah. if I was going to refer to a human body part as biscuits, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going ass nine times out of ten. Because <laughs> uh, because nuts, those ain't biscuits. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not the size, shape, and consistency of biscuits. Uh, yeah, I will say, listeners, if if your testicles are at all reminiscent of a biscuit i'm just gonna go ahead and recommend you see your primary care provider yeah about that one tell them here come these buttermilk biscuits and uh watch (laughs) the ambulance arrive (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. So, Luke, did you uh, pull up whatever factoid it was that you were pulling up? Yeah, so my friend, it was acquired, Pixar was acquired in 2006. So What the fuck, Mickey Mouse? You're calling all these shots? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's, it's either a commentary on the uh, mega conglomeration of modern-day capitalism or a uh, Looper-style or Inception-style time travel plot line. Uh, maybe a mix of the both. I'm going to go with the latter just to keep things light. Hey, you know, it's all fun regardless. Yeah, all fun um, and games over here. It, let, let's talk about Woody's show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you, you had some thoughts about it. Yeah, so basically my thought boils down to this. Hey, is Woody like a million fucking years old? Okay, this is interesting because mm-hmm. uh, apparently... Because I had some questions about Jessie's age. Mm. Because it shows her and, like, everything in the scene where, like, she, you know, is, like, some kid's toy. Uh, it all seems real old. Yeah, kind of. So there's, I was actually clocking this after realizing that. So for the folks at home, part of this, uh, which we're definitely going to talk even more about, is that Woody has forgotten that he is, or maybe never knew, that he was part of a real old-timey black-and-white show called Woody's Roundhouse, which is an old Western show with marionette puppets. So they they make it look like like there's a record player that's branded with Woody. Uh, There's a bunch Mm -hmm. of other old-timey toys. So it kind of seems like it's the 40s, and now Jessie, when we get her flashbacks, everything like in the background, the posters and everything look kind of 70s-ish. So So it's... She said that Sputnik is the reason that mm. the show got canceled. And Sputnik was... That oh, was shit. 58? Uh, Sputnik won 57. Very close. Oh, yeah. That felt good. Get me on fucking, fucking Jeopardy. I'm fucking Ken Jennings over here. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, it must have been the 50s. God damn dude holy shit these are some old ass toys and this is so i mean not to break into the toy verse too early because we're gonna get there but this is such a new angle like the fact that woody is so goddamn old and yet still very alive like i would have guessed that woody was a nearly new toy in the first film would you have yeah 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 no i mean look he's got the energy of a new toy Mm i assume yeah, whatever uh, his secret is, whatever whatever the secret is to, to toy life, uh, anyway, this is, it's losing the goof juice, but y'all, it just blew my <laughs> mind <laughs> that this beloved toy is, I mean, what would that mean? If this is like set in the time period in the late 90s, then we're looking at like a 40-year-old plus toy. Oh, yeah, ancient. Yeah, anyway, uh, that's that was my whole thought there, so. Hey, um, the... Their uh, Andy's dog mm-hmm. had no butthole. <laughs> Please tell me you paused the mouse pipe at some point, and then no, I actually look. I didn't have to pause it to clock zero butthole on mm. this dog. Man, I mean, you're trying to make a PG movie. You gotta, you gotta really <laughs> weigh the options on whether or not there should be a bee hole on this dog. And I guess they just went with the safe option, which was none. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of the doll repair guy? So here's the thing, Samuel. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because in our last episode, H.R. Giger came by your house and sort of uh, blew up into your space with some thoughts about Sid. Now He did. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this this toy repair individual seems to have a bit of a German vibe to him, yeah? So, so this is kind of interesting, and it is genuinely distressing because I had the same thought. Mm-hmm. He seems very German. Now, he doesn't sound German, but he's got the small tools mm-hmm. and the precision <laughs> of a former Nazi. Yeah, and... I, here's my theory. Now, you've seen this movie before, right? If I have, I, I had mostly forgotten it. Yeah, even better. Because my theory is that we both clocked this forever ago uh, upon first seeing this movie. <laughs> and then when you or I or whoever it was suggested that H.R. Giger come by uh, to give us his thoughts as a guest, um, it just clicked into place. Because we were like, well, fuck yeah, there's already that other dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's an obvious former Nazi in this series. Yeah. So so why not have H.R. Giger burst into my home mm-hmm. and and throw me aside so that he could talk about Sid, a truly troubled boy. Yeah. But to to your point, I would watch an entire documentary like Jiro Dreams of Sushi style about this guy that has Oh yeah. tiny tools. Like he has a very, very tiny boot polisher and he has like a little mm-hmm. teeny tiny barber chair for toys. I mean the guy's a psychopath. Oh yeah. It was so satisfying to watch and I know what the name of the movie would be. Mm, what would it be? The Dollsman. <laughs> Not Heinrich dreams of uh, stuffing or something. <laughs> no, I think that's a very different movie, Luke. <laughs> True. Well, man, well clocked, and I, I share a lot of the same opinions of this man. Hey, really quick, a thought for you. So Bullseye has mm-hmm. no lines, so they really saved on sag rates with that guy. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've Again, this is sort of a Toyverse thing, but I had a lot of questions as to why Bullseye could could not speak Mm, yeah we'll pocket that one because i definitely want to return to that um otherwise you know i'm scraping the barrel for quick thoughts here but uh kelsey Grammer's in this as the prospector that was fucking amazing oh he was fantastic Mm -hmm. so good yeah and wayne Um, knight as uh the owl the chicken guy so we got newman up in this thing newman (laughs) uh yes so like honestly a good cast though as Kenna noted, and maybe this is a little little too serious for our podcast so we can pivot out of this real quick, but no black people? Yeah, man. Fits with Disney. Fits with mm-hmm. that acquisition. That's all I'll say there. Yeah. So moving on, <laughs> I did like the traffic cone gag. Mm. Yeah, when Buzz is pretending to be a traffic cone. Uh, Yeah, when they murder approximately 20 people Mm -hmm. in like an 800 car pileup because they're walking across the street in traffic cones. It was fucking solid. Yeah, it's pretty good. A good gag. Hey, there was another gag that I laughed at, uh, which was the mileage joke when um, I just oh yeah <laughs> I just love this pig they're in the car in the pizza car from the first movie trying to get uh, I forget where to the airport I think or they're yes. chasing yeah and uh, the pig's going through the service manual and is like ain't no way he's getting this kind of mileage <laughs> and that cracked me yes. up it, and that car was a 1978 Gyoza ooh see I thought it was a Toyota because it had the yo thing that people do it did, but that was the the middle Y zero uh Y zero. What the fuck? Y O in Gyoza. 
Damn, dude. Hey, what time period do you think this movie is set in? Okay, it has to be in the 90s because tour guide Barbie mentions that in 95, mm. uh, there were some supply issues with uh, Buzz Lightyear, which so is true. interesting because in the middle of this movie, I dealt with some of my own supply issues as I missed out on a on a CPU that, that uh, <laughs> was released on Newegg very briefly. Uh, I will continue my hunt to acquire a, a yeah. the last components for my computer. For this the, is very interesting audio. For the folks at home, this has been a real sacrifice on Sam's part because you've missed out on several CPU sales thanks to this podcast. Yes. Um, yeah, a lot of stock has dropped during these fucking movies. And folks, my dedication to this project is such that I, I will not touch my phone yeah. <laughs> during these movies. Like a uh, like a steely eyed James Bond, you won't you won't forsake the mission for a good old Ryzen. Uh, exactly. CPU. Yep, yep, yep. Well, do you have any more quick thoughts for me, sir? Yeah, I I kind of had uh, one that I wanted to bring up because mm-hmm. it was a moment I really liked, and it was when uh, they go to the airport. Because mm-hmm. I just you know, it was really similar to a to a cool October day in 1978 at uh, Kalamazoo Battle Creek International Airport mm-hmm. where um, a one Tim Allen was uh, was arrested <laughs> for possession of over 1.4 pounds of cocaine. Mm. Yeah, so you're, you're thinking that maybe this scene when they shot it as they shoot all <laughs> animated films, which is on set, uh, a, a place near to it, um, you know, because they got to get the realism that it maybe sparked some memories for old, old Timbo over there. <laughs> yeah, old Tim remembered his two years that he spent in prison for mm-hmm. drug trafficking. Yeah. Uh, sorry, two years and four months mm. in, uh, in Sandstone, Minnesota. Hey, man. You know, I bet he could tell you where on the glove that is. And that's some regional <laughs> podcasting right there. <laughs> where on the map? Yeah. Wait, that's Michigan, Luke. No, Minnesota does it as well. It's just a different a different met. No, no, that's Wisconsin. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I may edit this out, but apologies to all <laughs> No, no, no. You got to leave it in now, Luke. No, he can, he can tell you which lake it was closest to. Mm, yeah, there you go. That's, yeah. you know, there you go. That's how we're pleasing the people of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? We've we've got a lot more thoughts on this movie. But, um, you know what? Let's, uh, oh, oh, uh, j- just com- coming in off the wire right now. I've got, I've got IMDb facts from McKenna. Ooh. Now this I'm hey. extremely excited for because I feel like we're at a really nice juncture here. You know, uh, hey, Really quick, I have a fact uh-huh. for you as well. Before we dig into McKenna's more premium facts, would you like like a, a bottom shelf fact? Yeah, hit me with it. So talking about how good this movie looks, because I thought it was pretty astronomical, like the difference between this and Toy Story 1, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are five years away, a scant five years away from The Incredibles, a movie that's that looks as modern as it could fucking be. Uh, Holy shit. Right? Only five years. God. Yeah, this dude. Stuff, it, it, the, the speed with which the the animation improved is honestly like pretty jarring. Yeah, it's fucking Sputnik tech over here, my guy. Because cause Toy Story 1 wasn't that uh, long before Toy Story 2. Mm-hmm. And you have to assume that uh, they started production 
you know, roughly after it. So oh, using yeah. pretty much the same stuff and kind of the same for the Incredibles, come to think of it, like maybe mm, a few years yeah. advancement. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anyway. Fucking wizards over there. Yeah. Okay. So when Woody was looking at his merch mm-hmm. uh, in the in the movie, uh, apparently they made some real life mock-ups of those. Mm-hmm. And and they surprised Tom in the recording booth with them, and those were his recorded reactions. Damn, that's fucking... What an insight into Tom fucking Hanks that is. Right? Right into his brain. Yeah, because I don't know whether that means he's a crazy good actor or the dude just gets insanely excited about props. I think both yeah it's gotta it's gotta be both oh let's hope it's both otherwise just show this man a prop and he will he will deliver some real enthusiasm straight to your earballs oh jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> all right you ready for fact number two fact numero dos hit me all right in the movie jesse says uh sweet mother of abraham lincoln mm-hmm. <laughs> now luke <laughs> god damn it abraham Abraham Lincoln's mom was Nancy Hanks. What? Whose uncle is a direct ancestor of Tom Hanks. Holy shit. So you're telling me that Tom Hanks is distantly related to Abraham Lincoln. Yes. What the fuck, dude? He's a literal (laughs) national treasure. It's so fucking insane. What the fuck? I'm yeah. I'm losing it. I'm losing my mind right now. He's he's a direct descendant of Abraham Lincoln's uncle. No, Holy wait. Shit. What's what's your relation to your mom's uncle? Uh, <laughs> I uh, I think a great uncle. Sure, we'll call it that. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Do you think that he wakes up like? Is it in the blood? Sometimes he just wakes up and he's just like, I gotta get me a stovepipe hat. And then he goes, <laughs> no. I I think he's constantly like wanting, like when he grows a beard, he's constantly fighting the urge to shave the mustache off, but leave the rest. Mm-hmm. God, and, I want to. And see Rita's that. like, Rita's like, no, 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 you have to fucking keep it. You have to keep it, Tom. Yeah, you're also telling me that when Abraham Lincoln, a movie that we saw together, uh, when this thing came out, that means that mm-hmm. Daniel Day Lewis, they they gave him the role and passed up. <laughs> adjacent <laughs> descendant Tom Hanks in exchange uh, for an Irishman now what the that, fuck that would have been an interesting movie with Tom Hanks playing Abraham Lincoln yeah that's true the notoriously uh, bone thin and super tall <laughs> <laughs> Abraham Lincoln versus our jolly beloved Tom Hanks that's a fair point <laughs> alright and the final fact mm-hmm uh, when the toys are crossing the street, the slinky dog says, I'm not a smart dog, but I know what roadkill is, hmm. which is a reference to the quote, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is from Forrest fucking Gump. Damn, dude. So they're really catering to, to Tom Hanks in this. Yeah, it does make me wonder, like, was he wavering on doing this movie? And mm. they were like, no no uh tom please i promise we'll we'll make this one worth your while 
Yeah, or did other people like did Tim Allen get some get some? <laughs> well, I guess we have the airport, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, they they took him <laughs> to the airport where he did those crimes with again. I just I want to emphasize like a pound and a half of cocaine. Yeah, which feels like a lot. I don't know too much about it's, coke, but I I don't know anything about cocaine except I don't think it's sold by the pound. Mm-mm, not typically, uh, from what I understand. Uh, well, damn, dude, that was a nice little jaunt into IMDb facts. We have really, really dug into some Tom Hanks material this week, uh, which was kind of oh, surprising. Yeah. Didn't expect that. And uh, can I can I give you just one final fact that I've sourced mm-hmm. myself? Sure, sure. So, in the movie, Al is trying to ship uh, all uh, Woody and, and his Western pals to Japan overnight. Mm-hmm. Luke, I looked up how much this would cost because you estimated Ooh. that it was a 25-pound box, mm. which pretty buck wild that you could estimate that, but, you know, I won't question it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So so just going by what I could find online, UPS, to get a 25-pound box shipped to Japan from the United States mm-hmm. in one to four days, because that's the shortest I could get, that would be $164.99. Oh, damn, dude. That's nothing. Yeah, that's not that bad. Yeah, considering the guy tells a clerk, like, hey, this box is worth more than you make in a year. Like, mm-hmm. dude, fucking, you got to spend money to make money over here. <laughs> well, and then he does say on the phone, is that in yen? <laughs> Which, no, uh, very obviously not. Yeah. Sir? Jesus. Okay, so just more fuel to the fire that uh, Wayne Knight's character in this movie is a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'll i tell you, uh, my initial thought was that he was going to fuck Woody. Mm. Yeah, he is a bit of a toy pervert, it seems like. He is a toy pervert. Mm-hmm. Also, um, about 125 yen would be about a buck 21 in USD. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you after here, Wayne Knight? Uh, I I think Woody's various holes. <laughs> well, on that note. Yeah. Hey. Uh, I gotta cash all this money that I got for selling a bunch of rare 1950s toys to a Japanese children's museum. Would you like to come with me to the Hanks Bank? <laughs> it's pretty convoluted, but uh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Conspiracy closet, Luke. I have uh, wrapped a sock around your head, and I've I've pulled it between your your teeth, and I'm just dragging you back, and I've shut the door to the closet, and I've pulled out a sparkler, a, a lit sparkler. Uh, so our time here is limited. Sure, sure. I have many questions, but I withhold them because of sparkler time. So continue, sir. Okay, as we know, the Toy Story universe all happens within a dream that uh, Tom, a dream state that Tom. Hanks has been put in by the demon prince Atok. Now, we got some interesting stuff here this week because I think both Al and Zerg are operating as agents of Atar in this movie. Mm, interesting. But, Luke, I have made a discovery this week. Mm-hmm. Atar is in the dream state. Oh, no. Atar himself, yes. like Freddy style, is in the dream state. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Do you- do you want to know who Atar is? Yes. Yes, I very, very much do. Who is Atar? Atar 
is Andy's mom. Holy shit, I was going to guess it. I was already there. Fuck, dude. Do you have evidence for this? Please tell me you have evidence. So the only evidence I have, and we'll, we'll have chances to get more, but right now the only evidence I have is that Atar is a near constant, that, that Andy's mom is a eh, not constant presence, but, but she makes her presence known mm-hmm. each time. And she lords over all the toys, particularly Woody, mm. with this sort of fateful, I can remove you at any point. Yes, she Your existence. Him. Yes, yeah, she shelves him, and and it's very much a you a, you live in the palm of my hand, mm. and should I decide that you need to be eliminated, you're gone. Yeah, so more of a, a indication to time that he is a single car right away from a goodwill donation, uh, both metaphorically and in the the toy verse, so to speak. Exactly. Holy and, shit! And I dude. think also. The, the fact that Andy's mom passes over him and, and sort of cares for him at times does show that, that Atar is, is trying to kind of induce a comfort in mm. Tom with Andy's mom to spill his secrets. Yeah, and you know, this is how demons work. They don't just come in with the brute force poltergeisty stuff. Exactly. Not, gotta, a, not a good demon. Yeah, they gotta woo you. Yeah, a demon worth their salt will uh, will sort of play you hot and cold. Mm-hmm. This is this is some good shit. Sorry, go ahead. And and the sparkler went out. Uh, uh, I've shoved you out of the closet. Okay, man, that was a tasty little conspiracy closet, though. Hey, I can't wait to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Super excited when we return to the toyverse and uh, the dream state. <laughs> a fucking long time from now, if I'm honest. Uh, in Toy Story three. It's- it's going to be a minute. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, well, sir, that sort of, speaking of the Toyverse, uh, leaves us with only one more thing to do, which is Sam t- to return to the Toyverse. In our segment where we explore the, uh, let's say, the metaphysicality and metaphilosophy of what it means to be a toy. And Sam, I have some serious-ass questions this week. Oh, Luke... I'll tell you right now, I almost couldn't focus on the movie with the amount of thought that I was devoting to figuring out how these fucking toys work. Yeah, I am so fucking fascinated by this. So how about this? How about we just go tit for tat, question for question on this? Oh, no, no, no. You hit me with your questions. I just... I I got you. I'll pepper in any that I might have to fill in some holes, but Mm -hmm. I want you to just... Hit me with yours. Okay, so I think we have some new information read when toys become living, uh, which is that, well, it's inconsistent, yes. though, because all of the Buzz Lightyear toys in the giant aisle full, full of Buzz Lightyear toys are, we are told that they are in stasis. And in the blooper reel for this movie, Sam, did you stick around for this part of the movie? Okay, so I think I, I saw the specific one where Buzz Lightyear uh, burps, and it's a nasty burrito burp, and all mm-hmm. the other Buzz Lightyears laugh. Yes, implying that they are willingly in stasis <laughs> inside of their packaging. So our original idea that they come to life when they're out of the packaging uh, is apparently false, which is fucking horrifying, Sam. Well, and, and here's the thing. It was also complicated by, the, by Stinky Pete. 
who is a mint condition toy mm-hmm. who was never removed from his packaging and yet was alive. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. What fucking waking nightmare that must be. Yes, and we're also talking about a toy that, given our theory that they have to be played with to be alive, which I think is validated in Toy Story 3, so we can assume that's canon. That means that, okay, there's two options here. One, the life of a toy is incredibly durable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or two, Stinky Pete is some kind of crazy anomaly that by breaking out of his own packaging... Uh, he or maybe it was the adoration of Al or whoever collected him okay. beforehand. I think it's that, but yes. I would like to wind back because there is some evidence that toy death is caused by not being played with because uh, at one point someone is, is leaving Andy's room and they say, make sure, yeah, Woody at the beginning of the movie is going to leap. And he said, make sure to rotate the toys mm. in the toy box. Yes, yes, yes. And then we see the sti- uh, the squeaky penguin, who is at, like has been left on that shelf, is covered in dust, and sounds like he's dying. Mm-hmm. Literally. Because he's been forgotten. Yes. You know what? I think I'll take it even a step further, because they talk about how great it would be to be in the museum, where they literally cannot be played with, but they will be yes. adored. I think it's literally like like a deity. Like you have to give them so much attention and adoration. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. To yes. keep them I alive. Think, yeah, you have to at the very least talk to them mm-hmm. because I think I think Al, while wanting lusting after these toys as he did, mm-hmm. I think he talked to them and it was dirty. Look, let's. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna split any hairs here. It was dirty talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but he spoke to them and that gave them life. Yes, hundred percent. So, I guess we can assume that Kelsey Grammer's character, Stinky Pete, uh, was sustained enough by this interaction to continue to live despite being a mint packaging toy, and that all toys are, in fact, alive at some point before packaging, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's another question I have for you, Sam. How do you think toys experience time? Because there's a scene, too, where Jesse is left under a bed presumably for several years and just kind of sits there it's a long fucking time so i think this is really confusing because it seems like she passes the time under that bed very quickly Mm -hmm. however earlier in the movie she says i'm not going back in storage Mm -hmm. and we can assume since the show was canceled in 57 that she's been in storage for at least a decade, oh, yeah. if not a, a couple. Yeah. And and that did seem to take a long time for her. She experienced yeah. each and every second of those decades Ooh. in storage. So it's it's so it's so fucking challenging. I don't <laughs> I don't know how time passes for toys. I think we can safely assume that it literally passes the same, like for them as it does for us. And that they so like even let's be generous and say it was seventy nine when Jesse was abandoned. That means that sure. we're looking at twenty years of of goodwills and storage. Uh, now, okay. Question. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is going to be sort of an off the wall theory. Do you think time passed faster for her because she had been forgotten by Emily? I ah. think 
but it passed slower when she was in storage because Al had her and Al knew about her. <laughs> he just had left her in storage. Yes, yes, yes. So you're saying if I'm a toy, I'm a toy. It is better to be completely forgotten so I can enter a fucking uh, death rattle fugue state. Yes. Yes, you were essentially like, it's like you're brain dead. Yeah. So she goes full vegetable, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is preferable. It's Luke, yeah. Luke, it's a cryogenic sleep. Holy shit, dude. This makes so much sense. Holy shit. Okay, so I have another question for you that's a little bit lighter in tone since we're getting pretty okay. bleak into some <laughs> Baba Yaga shit up in here. <laughs> um, yeah, hit me with it. So it, in this movie, uh, the guy offers uh, Andy's mom 50 bucks for Woody, which again, as stated, if it's going to be worth that much, fucking what? Okay, well, it's a two-prong question, Sam. So the first prong. Okay. How much should he have offered to Andy's mom before Andy's mom is like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and two, if you were a toy, how much would you like to be sold for? Okay. I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think knowing that he was expecting a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Let's say six figures. Collection. Comfortably somewhere lower six figures. Uh, okay. Excellent. Which honestly I don't think is that absurd for a rare Mm -hmm. set of good condition toys from a 1950s western show yeah 100 percent. uh yeah i think andy's mom probably honestly i think you pass three figures and andy's mom is like Mm -hmm. all right because andy has been shown to be pretty fucking fickle with these toys (laughs) right like, you're just trying to decide how much it's worth it to have to explain to your kid that, oh, uh, Woody went missing, right? And, like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, Woody's gone. Uh, Why don't you play with Buzz more? And he's like, okay. Yeah, and I'm with you. I'm thinking, like, a couple grand at most is what you're looking at here. I mean, that's got to yeah. be as much or more than she made from the rest of that yard sale doing things for 25 cents, you know, a nickel here, a nickel there. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can finally get, you know, that new couch that you've been dying for mm-hmm. or some shit. It is the 90s, so probably a lazy boy. Uh, yeah, probably. Ashley's or somewhere who's not paying us. So moving on. Um, yeah. Uh, so so part B of that question. <laughs> yeah. Of if I were a toy, how much I, would I want to be sold for? Yeah. What are you comfortable think, being sold for? Like what number makes you happy? Well, I think this is interesting because one would assume toys have no concept of currency or the Mm. economy and yet the movie shows that they do Mm. because he offers fifty dollars for woody and i believe it's slinky dog who's like damn that's pretty good it's it's actually the piggy bank and i only mentioned that i only correct you because he, he is a vessel intended to store currency he is Okay, so do you think toys that aren't intended to store currency do not have a concept of money? I think they could. I think if there's such a thing as like a toy university or toy school, (laughs) Pixar's toy school coming in 2022, uh, watch them get over-caffeinated and then barf in the the precedence yard. Um, I think think they could acquire it if they wanted it, hence the fact that the, the slotted pig as other buzz calls him uh, does understand currency okay so i'm honestly 
I think 50 bucks. I think you're pretty satisfied mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, I was thinking the same exact thing, dude. 50 bucks, that's pretty damn good, especially when cuz this is the thing too. I think they could acquire a knowledge of currency, but the the scale might be smaller since what you're going to put in a piggy bank is like, you know, maybe a couple of bucks, some quarters, that kind of stuff. So 50 bucks, mm-hmm. that's some serious walking around money. Oh, yeah. And also, it's more than you were purchased for. Mm-hmm. So you're exactly. going to be feeling pretty good several years down the road being like, oh, I'm, I'm worth more than I ever was. Oh, 100%, dude. Which which does imply toys know what their purchase price is. <laughs> okay, well, that's related to the last thing I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Which is, do you think it's that... So, so Woody doesn't remember who he is. Now, there's we got to explain this because mm-hmm. currently we see that there is another Buzz Lightyear who thinks he's Buzz Lightyear. So yes. as far as the mythos goes of what we've said so far, it does kind of seem. And then the Barbie. There's a Barbie that thinks she's a travel guide. Yes, um, they do believe their own fiction. Yeah. So do you think it's just been so long since Woody believed his own fiction that he's forgotten it? Or did Woody like fall out of a truck somewhere and then get passed to some newsboy hey extra extra oh thank you sir like way back in the day has just never had this context so okay well hang on real quick (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) or are toys born with this as an innate knowledge of who they are and then somehow he he lost it okay that's my last little bit okay i think luke Mm-hmm. I think you're close. I think they get the fiction from the messages that they're that they receive. Yes, dude. And so with with Buzz Lightyear, there's a lot of marketing for mm-hmm. Buzz Lightyear. There's the games. There's the the packaging. The packaging reinforces the fiction of Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. And and as we saw with uh with Stinky Pete and Jesse and bullseye the horse Mm -hmm. um they were surrounded by uh the the woody paraphernalia Mm -hmm. so the fiction has been reinforced to them and so that's when they accept the fiction woody has been so far removed from the fiction if he ever even had it it's possible that that the the fiction that uh, his original packaging didn't give him much about the fiction because if you look at Stinky Pete's packaging, yeah. it doesn't really say much. It just says Stinky Pete, mm-hmm. the prospector. And so it could have just said Woody the sheriff. Mm. And there's not a lot of fiction to that. And so Woody wouldn't necessarily understand. Marketing's gotten a lot better, yeah. uh, Luke, since the 1950s. Very true. So, hey, can, so I take it, I, can I take it a step further? Please. I think I think you're so on the money, and I actually think to go even farther into our own mythos, it is also mm-hmm. the flavor of attention that is played, that that's paid to the toys and how they're played with, which would be directly influenced by the marketing. So if Andy were to play with him, oh my God, play with him as Woody from the Woody mm-hmm. Show, exactly. Oh my God. So I think it's all of this. I think it's the marketing materials. You know, Tom Hanks as a, a toy designer and big is putting out, pushing out marketing copy. But then I also think, because, you know, the, the rest of the Roundup gang, 
the only the the sustenance that's keeping them alive is coming from a guy who's obsessed with their original marketing uh, materials and concepts. Yes. Right? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Luke. I think we cracked you it. You cracked it. Yeah. That feels good. That feels solid to me right there. That feels fucking good. Uh, was that all your questions? I think I think that's it for this time, but we'll we'll be back again in a much chunkier as I remember it Toy Story 3, which is going to be just a real bonanza, folks. Oh, I think it's got a lot. Luke, can I ask you a couple questions? Mhm. Oh, I'm so ready for this. Okay. Actually th- 3. Mhm. 3 questions. What the fuck is up with their pain situation? Because hey. Woody's arm gets like ripped off and he does not feel any pain from it. Yeah. Hey, bud, get out of my brain mm-hmm. my brain cave because I have an all caps note that I didn't ask about that says, do toys feel pain? <laughs> because I, at other points in the movie, yeah, you're right. He gets his arm ripped off and he's fine. But at, in the very beginning of the movie, he falls off of a uh, chest of drawers and goes, uh-huh. ow. So, okay. what the fuck? I, I might actually have a theory on this. Okay, hit me. I think they are socialized to express pain, oh, shit. but they don't actually feel it. So they're playing at pain. They're playing like they play yes. everything else. So they've seen Andy fall down mm-hmm. and say, ow. And so they know if they fall down, they say, ow. <laughs> but they've, they've never seen Andy get his arm ripped off. So. Exactly. And so they don't know. They're like, oh, no, this probably happens all the time with humans, and yeah. it doesn't hurt them. Mm. So I think I think they just mimic what they see. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me, dude. And it's, it's, it's bordering on creepy how authentic everything we're coming up with is. Like, this is... This is some detailed knowledge of the Toy Story universe, and I'm so here for it. It's it's genuinely concerning because it does. I kind of wonder at this point if the folks at Pixar did create <laughs> sort of like a law book for these fucking toys. Yeah, and if we have blown past it at this point and are now I, so deep in our own soup that we can't see. I don't know. Uh, are you are you ready for uh, the next question? Yes, please. So ready for question two. Okay, Luke, there's a mention in this movie of Woody committing suicide. Oh, shit, there is. Yeah, actually, it's my mistake not committing suicide. Attempting suicide. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, hey, what was it's the not even the right language. On that. It was, it was when he is running to, the, to rescue the dying squeak penguin. Mm-hmm. And... He's going towards the the yard sale. Yes. And okay. And I bel- one of them says, "Is he attempting suicide?" Now I think this fits right because he's at a yard sale. Who knows what could happen? Now he exactly could get picked up by a kid, or he could get picked up by like somebody who wants to use him as kindling, right? Like, or not play with exactly. him, and leave him in a cupboard for forever. That makes so much and, sense. And not talk to him mm-hmm. again. Very specifically, not talk to him. Yes, leave him on a shelf. Like he could end up at a Cracker Barrel, where he dies over people eating <laughs> way too big pancakes. Uh, so some decorator at corporate can feel good. Oh God, yeah, Cracker Barrel is exactly where toys go to die. <laughs> hey, Cracker Barrel, you can have that slogan for free. <laughs> <laughs> where toys go to die. Toys and old creepy family portraits. Come on down. Yep. Get our home style cooking. Yeah. So. Okay, so I'm 
So that does mean that toys do have some control over whether or not they choose to die. Mm-hmm. It which does. Is horrifying. Yeah, and kind of related to what we were talking about earlier about how they sense time and what happens when they're stuck in a storage situation, like what they're mm-hmm. thinking about. So that's pretty bleak. It is pretty bleak. Here's the last one. Mm-hmm. What happens if an adult if if an adult sees the toys alive? Hey, I was gonna ask the same thing. So we're firing on all barrels here now, Sam. <laughs> I don't have a ton of thoughts about this one because the only example we have is from the previous movie. So I'll give you the the evidence I have, and then maybe we can distill it. Um, sure. So in the previous movie, the toys reveal themselves to Sid, and he loses his goddamn mind. But he's a child. But he's a child. So, Sam, yes. I don't know. What do you think happens if, if an adult sees the toys? I don't know. I don't know if they turn to stone. I don't know if their <laughs> soul leaves them. I don't know if they die on the spot. Maybe, you know, they do treat it very seriously. So maybe that's another method of toy death. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's it. Maybe the, the lack of innocence uh, I mean, if I were to see a toy come to life, my first thought is not going to be, I want to play with you. It's going to be the total inverse, right? Yeah, it's going to be destroy that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what happens. It's an immediate switch. Like an adult sees a moving toy and thinks Chucky, and then that toy dies yeah. immediately. <laughs> we, Luke, I, I appreciate the reference, but I don't know that we can bring Chucky into this because <laughs> that... Boy, oh boy, does that is that gonna make this a lot tougher? Yeah, well, to you know, put up the distinction, Chucky is way more Atar's realm than it is the toy verse. Yes, uh, Chucky plays by Absolutely. totally different rules for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, shit, we've I can't I can't wait for Toy Story <laughs> three now. <laughs> Me either, because especially from what I remember <laughs> of it, it deals with some of these concepts. And then, yeah, you know, I think it really does. The the minutia that we'll pick up on uh, outside of its own themes that it's pumping. I'm fucking. I really genuinely believe that we have expanded the the rule book for Toy Story way more than <laughs> Brad Bird ever did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at Pixar. I'm telling you right now. I think by Toy Story four, the episode will just be into the toy verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm totally okay with that. And listeners, look forward to an entire episode of us just talking about what it means for toys to commit suicide, for sure. I, now, again, this was my mistake. It is, I, I believe the language is not uh, commit suicide any longer. Mm. Uh, so, so I do want to put some awareness out there for that. Mm. Uh, that I, I believe it is actually die by suicide now. Oh, okay. Well, hey, that's uh, a good to, PSA to get. To get a little too heavy, yeah, on the back end of this podcast where no more goofs will will occur, but, uh, but yeah, no language. The language on that's important. Yeah, language is important. That's uh, a good PSA. Always important to learn things. So thank you. You're welcome. And uh, and hey, let's let's look forward and try to try to get out of this heaviness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke, next week we will be watching 1999's The Green Mile. Oh boy, <laughs> are you sure? So you've- You've seen this. Yes, I have seen The Green Mile. Okay, I haven't. Or actually, I've seen the last half of it because I came into a room where it was on and I watched the last half. So the first half will be fresh to me. Okay, so I assume then that you know what it's about. Yes, yes, yes. 
Okay. Now, well, would you like to take a stab at it? I I am contractually obligated to. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't know much. I know one quote that I think is from this movie, mm-hmm. which I believe is Dead Man Walking the Green Mile. Yeah, I I mean if it weren't from this movie, that would be fucking insane. Uh so so I th- I think it's about a bunch of people on death row, which I got to tell you is going to be a real neck snapping uh sort of bit of whiplash mm-hmm. to go from Toy Story 2 to I believe a movie about death row inmates. <laughs> not not excited about that. Yeah, definitely some tonal flip, and I don't believe we're going to be diving into the Toyverse uh, with this one. Uh, frankly, I hope not. Mm-hmm. I hope to <laughs> fuck not. Yeah, for sure. Well, Sam, you're pretty much accurate. That one's on the nose. Uh, I hate to break ah, it to you. Shit. We're gonna see. Shit. We're gonna see how this one goes, folks. Next ah, week. Shit. Um, hey, uh, this may not come to pass. But I'm just going to put this out here, folks, next week, just just in case, prepare yourselves for some more on-air eating. <laughs> As we cope. This sounds, yeah, this sounds like another one that we're going to have to chew our way through. Yeah. I don't think it'll be as bleak uh, as Saving Private Ryan was, but you know what? That ASMR bucket, that sign's always flashing in the background, so folks, maybe be prepared for some mouth sounds. Uh, yeah. If things just in case. Yep. Well, Christ. Uh, well, <laughs> in t- until then, folks, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. Uh, you can also drop us an email at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, why don't you uh, share us with a friend or uh, write us a review on, uh, I believe you could do that on Apple Podcasts. I've, uh, frankly, I found that this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it turns out y'all so, been reviewing us, so thanks. Yeah, if you haven't, yeah, thank you so much for that. Yeah, go ahead and leave us, leave us a five-star review on that, uh, that nice, fresh plate of podcast we've been serving up, if you don't mind. Yeah, that would be lovely. Uh, and, and, uh, and, yeah, so Luke... Do you have a final quote for us? I do, and it's from the prospector himself, uh, Kelsey Grammer. It is one word, Sputnik. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Kelsey Grammer. Uh, Well, folks, until next week, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy, and we'll be back next week with 1999's The Green Mile. God help us all. Oh, shit.